Morning, everyone. Welcome back to Leading Off. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. With me, as always, is my producer and former extra in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Brendan Tuma. You can find him on Twitter at TooMuchTuma. And we've got plenty to get to today, but I would be remiss if I did not mention something right out of the gate. Last week, I said that if you found yourself missing us when we had to take that day off the previous week, that you could show your support for the show by taking a minute and leaving a review on iTunes. And wow, did you guys come through. Seriously, we read every one of these reviews, and both the content and sheer volume was incredible. Brendan cried. I mean, to be fair, I had just destroyed him in our head-to-head points league matchup, so it might have been because of that. But either way, we could not appreciate it more. Seriously, those reviews are what keep shows like ours around, and it is the quickest and easiest way to show your support. And because of the overwhelming response, we're going to be doing a little giveaway in the near future to anyone who has left or subsequently leaves a review for the show. Now, I'll provide more details in some upcoming shows, but really, I was legitimately moved by the overwhelming response, and I wanted to let you guys know that we really appreciated it. Okay, so let's get going with today's show. As always, we will start with my three biggest takeaways, which are Chris Paddock reaching a new level of awesomeness, Nick Senzel continuing the trend of minor leaguers showing increased pop in the majors by hitting two more home runs, and David Price hitting the injured list with elbow tendonitis. After that, we'll run through the latest injury news updates, like Stephen Matz, we'll touch on some standouts, and then we'll play a little game of, I don't like your ownership percentage, sir. And of course, I will tell you what I will be looking out for in today's games. But before we begin, I want to briefly mention the sponsor of today's show, ESPN+. If you watch ESPN or if you go to ESPN.com, then you are going to love ESPN+. There are a ton of amazing benefits, like getting fewer ads whenever you're on ESPN.com or the ESPN app, and getting access to ESPN original programming. And we're not just talking about the classic original stuff like the 30 for 30s, which I admittedly love and personally watch all the time. There are a ton of new programs, including Detail, where this week Kobe Bryant breaks down Damian Lillard. But you also get access to events that you can't see anywhere else, like UFC 237 this Saturday. And of course, you can stream live baseball by getting access to whatever their MLB game of the day is. Like yesterday, you could have streamed Jacob deGrom against Chris Paddock. Today, you can get a close look at Caleb Smith when he and the Marlins take on John Lester and the Cubs. Now, ESPN Plus is just $4.99 per month, but if you want to try it out for free, you can get a 7-day free trial when you go to fantasypros.com slash ESPN. That's fantasypros.com slash ESPN for your free 7-day trial of ESPN Plus. Jacob DeGrom allowed two runs and five base runners while striking out seven against the Padres yesterday. And he might as well have not even showed up to the game, because it was all about Chris Paddock. Paddock allowed five base runners and struck out 11 over seven and two-thirds scoreless innings. Those numbers do not do justice to what Paddock was like last night. Paddock had 21 swinging strikes, plus another 16 called strikes. He had 10 swinging strikes on his 31 changeups alone, and he touched 97.9 miles per hour. Now, I will grant you that the Mets are the equivalent of a triple-A lineup at the moment, but if you watch that start, you came away in absolute awe. I don't know what I can really say at this point. Paddock is allowing a 130 batting average and a 389 OPS against. He has nearly a 31% strikeout rate, and he looks borderline unhittable. The only question is what do you do with a guy like Paddock who threw only 90 innings last year and realistically is probably looking at a 140 inning cap. Now we talked about this exact issue before 
but I'm going to reiterate my points because I'm assuming that we have added somewhere between 700 and 800,000 more listeners since we first started. The most likely scenario is that Paddock is being shut down at around 140 innings, yes, but that was pretty much the most likely scenario with Walker Bueller last year when he threw just 98 innings the previous year, but when the Dodgers needed him, they pushed him through to 177 innings. The Padres seem likely to be in contention all year, so that 140 inning cap could turn into something more like 170 pretty quickly. And even if it is a hard cap, why are you so concerned with what your team is going to look like in August and September? In fantasy, your much bigger concern is tomorrow or this week. You've got to be in contention in August or September to have Paddock shut down even matter to you. Now, I'm not saying you need to hold Paddock at all costs. If you can sell him for an elite player, go ahead and do it. But stop obsessing so much about what happens when his innings run out. If you reach that point where that becomes a concern, congratulations, you have had an incredible fantasy season. Paddock is going to take on the Dodgers in his next start, where he should probably still be on your team absent you being blown away by a trade-off. We talked about how Nick Senzel homered over the weekend, but how it was even more encouraging that he walked in each of his three games. Well, unfortunately, he did not walk yesterday, so I think it might be time to move on. Fine, he homered twice and is amazing. Happy? Senzel showed roughly 20 homer type of pop in the minors, but we have seen plenty of hitters see major power spikes once they get to the major leagues. Francisco Lindor never hit more than 11 homers in any year in the minors, and Jose Ramirez's season high in the minors was 5. Especially in the juice ball era, increases in power in the majors are not unusual. But let's throw a little cold water on things. Senzel's first homer traveled 369 feet, and the second one was 350 feet. He's not exactly cranking Pete Alonso blasts out there. Then again, in Great American Ballpark, he doesn't really need to. Now you own Senzel, you're starting Senzel everywhere, so there's really not much actionable advice here. But if someone gets a little prospect happy and wants to go nuts with trading you a top player, you can go ahead and take it. David Price has been placed on the 10-day injured list with tendonitis in his pitching elbow. To quote Cher Horowitz, boy, that came out of nowhere. Yet we use random movie lines to describe every situation on this podcast, guys. That was a clueless reference for you. I have no shame. Anyway, Price hopes to miss just one or two starts and is eligible to return on May 14th. Now, I don't want to be a downer, but you should not be expecting Price to return in 10 days. I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying that a player saying that he expects to be back shortly is the same as when I tell Brendan, don't worry, this episode probably won't require a ton of editing. It is a statement that is not worth much. Legitimately, Mike Clevenger came out after he left his start against the Blue Jays with back tightness and said he expected to make his next start and is basically going to miss half the season. Again, I am not telling you that is what will happen here. I am just explaining that as a fantasy owner, you cannot just accept Price's explanation. Price was adequate in his last start against the White Sox, but it is worth noting that his average fastball velocity in that start was noticeably down to just 91.1 miles per hour, significantly off the roughly 93 he had averaged previously. So let's just see how it goes here. Price had a career-best 29.6 strikeout rate, so he should provide elite numbers whenever he returns. For now, Hector Velasquez will start tonight against the Orioles in Price's place. Now since we're on the subject of injuries, let's just knock out some other injury news while we're at it. Steven Matz got relatively good news yesterday and is dealing with radial nerve irritation. He received a cortisone shot but is not going on the injured list, at least not yet. He may return this weekend against the Marlins, if all goes well. Really, the Mets would likely have just played it safe and put Mats on the injured list, except that they also placed Jason Vargas on the injured list with a strained hamstring that he suffered on Sunday. 
The Vargas injury is relevant only to Mets fans like me, who are mad about the Mets ignoring pitching depth this offseason, and also to all those in Jason Vargas' only fantasy league. The Mets traded for Wilmer Font to fill the Wilmer void left by Wilmer Flores' departure, and he may start on Wednesday in place of Mats. Shohei Otani may be activated today. He is meeting the Angels in Detroit, where his availability will be assessed. If you think that Shohei Otani is traveling to Detroit to not be activated, then I have nothing witty. Just, you're wrong. He's going to Detroit to be activated. Get on board. Either Justin Bohr or Albert Pujols will lose out on some playing time once Otani comes back. AJ Pollock will be out at least six more weeks after his elbow surgery. Personally, this strikes me as good news. With no word on his timetable, I have expected to see Pollock out until August. There's still plenty of time for a setback, and Alex Verdugo may try to take the job and run with it. So in a 12-team league, you should feel fine about moving on if you need the space. Verdugo remains a strong pickup everywhere he is available. Blake Trinan is reportedly unlikely to need a stint on the injured list. I personally am keeping Lou Trevino owned for now, if I can. Matt Olson will rejoin the A's today, and Kendry Morales will likely be released. Now, Olson did homer during his rehab assignment, but temper expectations for his power for a few weeks. It often takes a while for hitters to regain their home run stroke after a hammy bone injury. Clint Frazier, Cody Bellinger, and Ryan Healy all returned from their injuries and should be good to go. And finally, Carlos Rodon is likely to undergo Tommy John surgery. You can go ahead and move on from him in all formats, unfortunately. Now, there were a bunch of standout performances yesterday. Jonathan VR and Tommy Pham hit grand slams. VR is now on pace for a 2030 season with decent runs scored and a 273 batting average. This is not 2017. He is not going to burn you. As for Pham, I feel like he rarely gets talked about, but he's been incredible this year. He's on pace for roughly a 25-30 season, and he's batting 302. There remains some risk with Pham given his injury history and eye issues, but for now, he is a true stud. Blake Snell made you forget about those starts against the Royals pretty quick, didn't he? Snell took a perfect game into the sixth inning against the Diamondbacks and ultimately allowed just one hit over six scoreless innings, striking out nine. Snell said he saw something on video from his last start, and I don't know what that was, but I know what I saw on video from this start. 19 swinging strikes in just 83 pitches, and a fastball maxing out at 97 miles per hour. Now here's the thing with fantasy, guys. It is really tough not to overreact. That's particularly true with pitchers where a bad start or two can be maddening to watch. But Snell said his toe felt fine, and as we talked about after his last start, pretty much everything looked normal. At this point, expect him to pick back up where he left off before the injury and be one of the top starters in the game. He will take on the Yankees in his next start. Junior Guerrero got the save for the Brewers yesterday against the Nationals. Now, Jeremy Jeffress did pitch a perfect eighth inning and touched 95 on the radar gun. I still think that in the end, if Jeffress continues to show he is right, he will eventually be the main guy in the ninth inning. But you do not necessarily have to continue to hold him. Miles Michaelis pitched a gem against the Phillies, throwing seven shutout innings, and striking out five. Do you remember what I said to you about Kyle Hendricks yesterday, where you should just kind of stop getting all worked up about each start and just leave them in your lineup if you're going to roll with him? Replace Hendricks with Michaelis, and you have my analysis. He will take on the Pirates in his next start, where you should closely analyze the matchup before taking hours to decide on whether you should start him. That is a joke. Just start him. Now, it wasn't all unicorns and rainbows yesterday. Pedro Strop had a nasty blown save against the Marlins, allowing a hit and walking three without recording an out. Strope is likely still the guy for the Cubbies, but they do have plenty of replacements, including Steve Ciszek, Brad Brock, and Carl Edwards Jr., who was just recalled. 
In the same way that it is hard not to overreact to every bad start for a starter, it is hard not to overreact to every blown save for a closer. But try not to here. And Sandy Alcantara had another poor start in that game, allowing three runs and walking six over five innings. Now you are not relying on Alcantara, but his struggles are notable because Zach Gallen is utterly dominating in AAA. I don't know what motivates the Marlins and Derek Jeter at this point. They could hold Gallen back past the Super 2 deadline, which would mean he comes up sometime in late June. Or they could call him up immediately because Derek Jeter is mad that the Marlins are playing poorly. Gallen's raw stuff and year so far makes him a worthwhile stash where you can. Okay, now it's time for a quick round of I do not like your ownership percentage, sir. So you guys are telling me that Martin Perez has been dominating and had a two-start week and you're just going to leave him out there at 24% owned? Perez struck out nine Blue Jays over seven scoreless innings yesterday. He had 15 swinging strikes and 21 called strikes. Now Perez has been throwing his cutter roughly 35% of the time. That 35% is up slightly from last year's 0% and just a tad more than 2017's 0%. That is my way of telling you that this is a new pitch batters are hitting roughly 100 against it. He also added about two ticks to his fastball, and he now touches 95 miles per hour. I will be honest, this is very difficult to ignore at this point. Yes, his XFIP is 442, and he is allowing a 154 BABIP overall, so you have to expect some regression. But I mean, Martin Perez cannot just be on your waiver wire right now, even just to keep him on your bench and away from your opponents. Seriously. He'll take on the Tigers in his next start, and I really can't come up with an argument not to start him. Michael Givens got another save for the Orioles yesterday. That is three saves in the last week. I was fully on the why do you care about the Orioles closing situation early in the season, but for now, I think if you are really desperate for saves, you have to go get him. And at just 30%, I do not like his ownership percentage. Hunter Dozier hit another home run yesterday and is somehow available in 28% of leagues. I mean, maybe you're confusing him with Brian Dozier or something. He's got 20 walks and 26 strikeouts on the season. This is not a fluke. Find room for him on your team. And seriously, how is Luke Voigt available in 16% of leagues? I mean, maybe you're confusing him with John Voigt or something. I'm sorry, there are no other Voigts in baseball that make that joke work. Voigt went yard again last night and now has 10 long balls on the season. There are no reasons why he should be available anywhere. Pick him up in NL-only leagues. I don't care. As for what I'll be watching for today, it is the Max Freed Hyunjin Ryu matchup. Like I said with yesterday's DeGrom Paddock showdown, it is much more about the entertainment than the fantasy implications. But I would like to see Freed continue to push that slider usage up as he has been doing lately. If he does that, I'll trust that he is staying power. And that's all for today's episode of Leading Off. Make sure to subscribe to the Fantasy Pros Baseball Podcast and check your feed every weekday morning. Again, you can always find me on Twitter at DanHarris80 or Brendan at TooMuchTuma if you want to talk about the show or just baseball generally. Enjoy your Tuesday, everyone. We'll talk again tomorrow. <laughs>